Hey folks, this is John Curry. Welcome to another episode of John Curry's Secure Retirement Podcast. Today I'm sitting across the table from my friend Fran Bowie, and I've been excited about interviewing her because she's an interesting lady. She's had a career with the state government, and but she teaches, she does artwork, she understands project management, and Fran, welcome, and I'm looking forward to hearing your insights today. Well, good afternoon. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Thanks for coming. Tell me a little bit about, tell our listeners who you are. Who is who is the real Fran Bowie and what what makes you tick? Oh, dear. Well, um, I worked for the state government for Department of Revenue was my last uh, state agency that I worked for. I worked for state for 33 years and I retired in 2007 from state government, but I still had interest in doing something besides just sitting on the front porch and rocking my life away. (laughs) And so I had a plan, and I had a contingency plan. My plan A was to think about the things that interested me, what I wanted to do as far as uh, hobbies, what I wanted to do to give back to the community that has been very generous in supporting me for many a year, and also um, what could I do that would be a contribution to the community as well as other people. And so when I retired, I was looking at project management. That was my last uh, job. I was working with Department of Revenue on the CAMS project, which was the Child Support Enforcement Management System. And it was the first automated system in the United States for child support enforcement. We uh, successfully launched that program, and uh, I was very honored and thrilled to be uh, the manager for that And when we started launching it. Um, it is in complexity and uh, breadth second only to American Express worldwide. So it's quite quite a large program, quite complex, and has been successfully operated for several years now. Um, I also had been teaching off and on for years and uh, at college, university level, as well as uh, teaching adults in outside Things like the uh, Senior Center. I work as an art teacher there, and I have several galleries, and I will teach uh, different kinds of workshops at the art galleries. And I also volunteer with uh, AARP. We do tax aid. We do tax income tax um, filing for senior citizens as well as others who walk in and uh, would like us to do their taxes. Um, and I work um, doing volunteer work. I'm the art curator for the North Florida Fair each year, and we just successfully completed that as well. I'm worn out just listening to what you're doing. <laughs> so so much for being retired. Well, when you when you retire, I think you need to have a plan and a contingency plan even. Uh, My plan A was I looked at the things that interested me. I had been working in art prior to going to work for the state, and I wanted to go back to that. I started taking lessons just to kind of brush up my skills that I had kind of let lay while I was working for the state. And I uh, also was 
thinking of the things that I wanted to do to give back to the community, which is the uh, tax aid program, giving back to the community, to people coming in, wanting to have their taxes done, as well as uh, teaching. I worked uh, with Bainbridge State College. I've worked at the College of Pharmacy at FAMU and at the College of Medicine at FSU, teaching prerequisite courses and um, advanced life support systems, things of that nature. What words would you share with people who hear you saying what you've done? 33 years of work. Some people hearing this are thinking, wow, you've done enough. Slow down. Just go sit on that front porch and rock. And then others would say, I would love to be more like Fran to learn what my plan A is. We were talking uh, over lunch. Most people don't have a plan A. They don't have a plan, period, much less a contingency plan. That's my experience of 44 years in business. When it comes to retirement planning, most people don't have a clue. It's kind of like I'm going to show up. All of a sudden, magically, Social Security will come in, my 401K, my pension, if I'm with the state or whatever. So what would you say to the people, two different groups here, one saying, hey, you've done enough. It's okay to go sit on that porch and rock. No, it's not. So why not? Expand on that. Why not? I know you want to know. I, I know the answer, but I want to hear this. I want to hear it out of your mouth. <laughs> I don't want, I want to be active. I want to be uh, able to contribute. Sitting on the front porch and rocking your life away is to me, it's time wasted. We have such a limited amount of time on this earth. Let's do something that is worthwhile, that gives us some kind of value to ourselves. Significant. So that whenever <clears throat> we're not here anymore, at least we have left some kind of legacy. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. I, I can't see not doing something that contributes to society and... It helps yourself. I mean, it keeps your mind sharp, keeps your body in tune, keeps you active and viable, and gives you pleasure in living. What what kind of pleasure can you derive from just rocking on rocking your life away? All right, let's take it to the extreme now. So for the other person who's listening who says, wow. I like that. I, I like the fact that you're, you're doing so many things where you're bringing value to yourself as well as the community. How did I get started? So if, if, you were, if you were sitting in front of 50 people who were thinking that way, what would be some of the things you would encourage them to do, their own little project management, if you would, to start working on finding these interests like you did? How do they, find, how do they discover what they really want and who they are? What are you interested in? Are you interested in reading? Are you interested in photography? If you're interested in photography, can you take classes or have you developed that skill well enough that you could share it with other people? Are you interested in music? What are your interests? And then find the community of other people that have the same interests and get involved. Um, are you interested in healthcare? <clears throat> Hospitals and healthcare facilities are begging for volunteers to come in and just be there to help people who come in who need a kind word, mm -hmm. somebody to pay attention, a somebody smile. to look at them. Yes, say hello. 
if uh, you're interested in teaching, there's numerous um, agencies out there that are looking for people who have experience, life experiences. I can go to a college or I can even go to an adult education class and if they want to talk about business management, how to be a supervisor, some of the um, criteria that's needed so that you can get credentials to teach, go, you know, you can go there and uh, provide that kind of a service. And it, it is asked, it's sought after all the time. Senior Center, you can go into there. They have a whole array of different kinds of classes, uh, long-term learning uh, opportunities that you can go in. And in fact, you can go into things like the Senior Center and other like-minded facilities and do long-term learning classes. And sometimes you can find out, oh, well, I would like to pursue that particular uh, realm of information or do that kind of uh, activity. There's art classes, there's things, uh, different kinds of crafts, there's photography, there's travel. Get with a group and go traveling if you want to see the world or see other states or other uh, pieces of the country. That's always available to you. Um, there's the different associations. There's the AARP. Red Cross loves to have people come. Recent hurricane, the Red Cross was seeking volunteers who could go out and help provide care for those victims of the hurricane. There's things like that that's always available. And you come to these agencies and these um, opportunities with a world of experience because you have been in the work world and you can provide that to the agencies. You can continue to contribute and be valuable. I remember a trip I was on. I was riding with two people that are like a brother and a sister to me. And I made this comment that I don't, I'd never fully retire because I don't have enough other interests outside of my work. And that's Steve and Marjorie. And uh, they were there with me when I had my heart attack and had heart surgery back in uh, 2008. They, they shuttled me around, picked me up, and we'd, we'd drive and have lunch and talk. And I've never, I've never heard her be so harsh, but she just screamed at me. She says, are you kidding me? You know, you like martial arts, you like to work out, you like the time with your grandson, you like to fish, you like enjoy hunting, you enjoy just sitting around reading a good book. Are you kidding me? You know, you got plenty of things to do. Mm -hmm. What you have to do is be willing to do it. Mm -hmm. And the other interests that, that I have. But, but for me, I, I don't want to ever fully retire. I'm in a business where nobody can force me to retire. They can't say, okay, you're six to six now, you got to retire. Can't do that. I worked on 86 or 106 if I want to, as long as mm -hmm. clients want me. Uh, but I am to the point where I'm pursuing other things. We're talking about this morning, you know, as we're getting you know, this time of year, take more time off to go hunting and fishing and things like that with my son and grandson and my brother. But I, I sometimes struggle with, okay, I, I do what I do for a living, but what are the things I really want to do? I, I have no desire to go travel a lot anymore. I hate getting on airplanes now. I will take a trip, conferences, but 
for me to get on a plane and fly to Europe again. I have no desire to go to Europe. You know, so I, I'm trying to reevaluate what I want. I'm working on my plan A, so I'm getting just as much value from this as other people. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> but we, I, you know, um, for example, this last week's been well. Last couple of weeks have been fairly, fairly busy because um like you're, i say you're, you're always busy well that's it, true. It, hey look when we first started trying to schedule this thing we had to look we started this back in october remember that right yeah it's been a while yeah <laughs> so we had to we, you said that won't work that won't work that won't work this will work that's how well, busy she's been <laughs> it was like uh in in first part of november like i say i do the art fine arts division at the north florida fair and we took in over 400 pieces of art in two days. Mm-hmm. And those had to be displayed, hung, and everything so that we could prepare for judging to come in. It was a juried show. And um, so that kept me fairly busy putting that together. Also during the time, uh, I am with the Tallahassee Community Chorus. And we uh, had our fall concert in November as well. <laughs> and uh, then we released the art the 19th of November, and I went straight into, I also teach art, uh, continued teaching the um, art classes, and then we just finished the seasonal celebration, and we had two concerts back-to-back, one Saturday and one yesterday. Um down at Ruby Diamond Auditorium, so on the FSU campus. So it's a matter of just finding what interests you and pursuing it. It's it sounds simple. It's not. You have to really <clears throat> think fairly long and carefully as what really interests you. What what's your passion? All right. What is it that you always thought when you were working? Wow! If I had time, I would like to do fill in the blank. Now you can. You don't have to work anymore, so now you can. Fill in that blank and do it. Let's talk a little bit about the your artwork for a minute. You, you, you love doing art. And you said you went back to school yourself to start taking classes to get better. But you also sell your art now, too. So you're doing something you enjoy doing, and you make money doing it. Yep, I do. <laughs> Did you intend to do that, or was that just, just happen? How did that come about? It came about, I really, I went back to brush up my skills, didn't have any kind of thought about what I was going to do once I started getting a room full of paintings stacked one on top of the other. <laughs> you got to do something with them, right? <laughs> and uh, started teaching. And during the time, uh, I contacted a couple of galleries, and they says, well, we would like your art. And I says, great. And so I started uh, taking my art to some galleries, and I let them sell it, but then I thought, hmm, and I will have occasional booze and sell the art myself. Um, so it it supports my hobby because art, the canvases, the oil paints can be kind of expensive. And by selling my art, I am supporting that, that, that habit, if you will. Yeah, but you also get to see your art. In other places, it's like I have a piece of your, your artwork here, and every day I see it, especially when I come back from getting water from the kitchen. It's just right there in that hallway. It just stands out. So that has to give you a lot of uh, 
sense of accomplishment and pride, I would think. It when, does. That when you see your work, you say, okay, I did that. It does. The visible representation of that work. Um, In a juried show, I recently submitted some artwork that uh, won second place. And I'm really good friends with the person that won first place. I told her she cheated me out of my first place ribbon, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) The the challenge is on now, and the two of us are kind of friendly competition. Let's see who wins first next year. I can see you doing that. So you do. You beat me this year, but I'm coming after you. Well, when she brought in her artwork, I looked at her and I says, "Well, there goes my first place." Okay, <laughs> next year. <laughs> Talk about the teaching. Is there someone who's listening to this and they go, "Wow, you know, I have a lot of knowledge." There are things that I could because all of us have acquired knowledge. Right. The question becomes, how do you teach in, in today's world? With social media and the internet, it is so easy to create information products, whether you sell it on eBay, Amazon. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my book was published in 2009. It's also available on Kindle. So there, there's, no, there's no limit today to being able to teach what you know. Talk no. a little bit about that. No, and you don't really de- – a lot of people will go back. They'll get their uh, education – or teacher certificate so that they can teach. You don't need to do that. Mm. A lot of times you can go to different organizations, the Red Cross. You can go to Senior Center. There's other agencies where you can teach a class and share your knowledge because a lot of the things that you share, your life experiences, cannot be gotten in classroom, cannot be incorporated into textbooks. It's things that you pick up through working and those work experiences can sometimes be way more valuable than that college degree or that credential that you get by uh, taking classes or passing exams Uh, you can teach and uh, it can be very rewarding it's i love it whenever i am teaching a management class and i see the lights go on and the students start interacting to me then I know that I have done what I need to do. And I agree. The life experiences are more important than many times what you get in the classroom. You mentioned earlier while we were having lunch, leading up to our podcast, talking about teaching a course to help people prepare for a certain exam. Mm -hmm. are Are you studying just to pass an exam, or are you truly acquiring information? Right. Well, and we have a couple of different ways that we go about it. Um, I am the former president of the Tallahassee chapter of PMI, which is the Project Management Institute. And what we do is we teach a PMP prep class, and it is simply and it and we we tell everybody you can take this class so that you can sit for the PMP exam and. That's what we're doing. We are teaching them how to pass the PMP exam. Now, my data is somewhat dated, but nationally, the PMP exam, people sitting for it have, there's a 60% pass rate, which means 40% of the people sitting for that exam are not going to pass the first time. So we're teaching you the skills to pass that exam. However, there's a lot of times what you have are people who 
just want to be able to manage a project or understand the structure of a project and how they can uh, be an asset in that project. And so uh, right now I am developing the curriculum so that our chapter, local chapter, can teach what we call project management fundamentals. And it gives you the structure and codifies the procedures that you go through in order to manage a project and increase the probability of that project completing on time and on budget. We uh, do that. It is available to any, anyone interested in project management and how projects work and how you put them together, how you um, set up the sequencing of a project so that you can go from beginning to end and be successful, what you can do, what your contingency plans are, what your risk exposure is, and how you address these kind of issues whenever you've got a project. Tell people how to learn more about that. <clears throat> so when the class is available, if they're interested, they can att attend it. If you're interested, uh, you would go to our website. It's uh, PMITLH. It's the Tallahassee chapter of Project Management Institute. And uh, look at the events calendar. Also, you can contact, uh, there's going to be uh, a listing of the board members with their contact information. You can contact them and ask about signing up for classes and uh, come in and attend the classes. Tell us what project management is. What is, what is, what is managing a project? Project management <clears throat> is, well, the state, uh, let me back up a little bit. The state of Florida, as well as uh, approximately 27 or 37 other states in the U.S., have implemented a statutory language that's, that provides for projects. Now, a project can be any kind of unique product or service that is offered. For example, if you are... Uh, wanting to develop a specific kind of system, software system, to um, monitor some kind of a, a function or a program. That would be considered a project. If a project is valued over a certain amount, say a million or two million dollars, statutory language in many of the states in the U.S. require that there be a certified project manager both on the state side and on the vendor side. So the, the PMP credential is quite valuable for that reason because there is a demand for project managers. However, a lot of people will not necessarily want to sit for that credential. It is a fairly tough test to, to pass, and they may not have the number of hours required as a prerequisite for being able to sit for the exam, or they may just simply not have that kind of an interest. They maybe are an accountant, but they need to work with these project managers and be able to talk their language. And so they want to have the project fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Taking that, they can learn what the the um, what it is when we talk about risk exposure, what it is when we talk about contingency plans, when we want to mitigate <clears throat> something. We talk about different uh, project management plans and how we sequence different things and project life cycles. The fundamentals course gives you all of this, kind of gives you an over, uh, overview of what a project is, 
how it is operated by a project manager, what the steps are that they go through, the different things that they contemplate whenever they have uh, situations occur. You go over budget, or you go over your schedule, behind schedule, or you have an opportunity that comes in that uh, would be good, but it's going to impact your project. How do the project managers deal with that? And the fundamentals or the overview course gives you that kind of an insight as to the thought processes Go on. I want to take project. that. I want to take that course myself. When you when you say project, a project could be something as simple as okay, we're gonna as a family do this project in the backyard. We're gonna we're gonna build a treehouse. Okay, right. that's the project. Uh, I'm thinking of some projects we've done with Boy Scouts where we, we, we the the adults and the kids would get together. Okay, we've got this job to do over here. So somebody had to take over and become the leader. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to take control. Mm-hmm. You know. And our job was to get the boys to do it, not us to do it. Okay, get, get somebody involved and get going and, and manage this project. Uh, and that's what becoming um, Eagle Scouts all about. They have to have a project and work toward that. Mm-hmm. So that's what went through my mind when you first used the phrase project management. Because it could be something as simple as you're doing at home, or it could be a big, complex, multi-million or multi-million dollar enterprise in the business world. Yeah. Well, if you have, I have a friend who belongs to a group that go camping every year, or glamping, as they call it, because mm-hmm. they have these motorhomes. Right. It's gorgeous. And they, she will sit down and map out where they're going to go. Like one year they decided they were going to tour the West, and they had all the states that they were going it is a project to sit down and figure out where the parks are that will support the particular kind of array of motor vehicles that they are motor motorhomes that they right. have and dates you've got to sequence it and you've got to figure out what the cost is going to be for for both the maintenance the gas the food the campsites and then the unplanned things that pop up and the unplanned things that, co- that pop up and every year, and you know, she's a PMP, uh, and I tease her. She says, "I don't want to manage a project." No, you do it every year, mm-hmm. <laughs> because sometimes it's just nothing more than that that tour during the summer. It's a project right. because you have to plan that. You, it just doesn't happen. Right. You can't just kind of meander <laughs> around and think, "Oh, that campsite <laughs> looks great." And let's just pull in. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work that way. Right. And it's it, sometimes it can be nothing more than. A church bazaar, or going to the alternative Christmas that was held this last weekend. That's got to be planned. You, it just does not happen. And those are projects. Right. Planning for a seminar as a project. Planning for, us. for a seminar is a project. Yeah. It has a definite beginning, a definite end, and it's a unique service for that particular thing. That's a project. I like to think in terms of managing your team. Yep. What are we trying to accomplish? When it comes to anything, your time, your energy, your attitude, your mission. What's your mission? And sometimes people will come in and say, well, what would you like to accomplish? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. What do you mean you have no idea? You drove across town to be here. You're going to be here an hour, hour and a half meeting with me and my team. So what would you like to accomplish? I don't know. I, I haven't given enough thought to my retirement or whatever to plan. So, well, let's back up. Because if we don't know what the mission is, we don't need to waste our time and energy. And all it's going to do is screw up the attitude. 
you're going to get frustrated, I'll get frustrated. So let's work on your mission. Let's, let's right. focus there. Let's determine what it is you want to accomplish, and then we'll work backwards into it. And in just a few minutes, you can see them all of a sudden, they're like, wow, okay, now that I have some idea of at least where I want to go, now I have a better attitude about it. I'm more open. Now I'm willing to invest the energy and the time to get the result. planning is a project. It's a big-time project. And it's, a, it and, and it's a never-ending project because just about the time you think you've got it figured out, Congress will change the tax laws mm-hmm. or they'll change Social Security or Medicare or Medicaid. Mm-hmm. So some law changes that just all of a sudden blindsides all the work you did. Or you have <clears> something, some kind of event, life event mm-hmm. that, that impacts that, that plan. Right. Unplanned life events, we call those. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden we call them known unknowns. No, no, no. Or unknown knowns. Unknown knowns. <laughs> Something's coming that you're not going to like. <laughs> right? Yeah. <clears throat> what, uh, what advice would you offer people who are still working that are listening to this and they're thinking, wow, I'm five, maybe even as far as 10 years away from retirement. Talk to us a little bit about what you, when did you start thinking about retirement to take on these other activities you didn't just do it all of a sudden when you retired. No. I I knew that I was going to be retiring at a certain point in time. And I had started thinking about what it was I wanted to do, what kind of goals I wanted to achieve, what was on my bucket oh, Wait a minute. List. Goals? What are, the, what, what are, what are goals? goals. What kind of, okay. why, would, why would goals be important, Fran? You're retired. You don't need to worry about goals. Of course you do. If you don't have a goal, then what's your purpose? If you don't have any kind of objective, then that's the, that's the mission what, what kind of guidance are you going to give yourself? You know, right. Again, if you don't have any goals, if you don't have an objective, if you don't have what the end is going to be, you know, how much money do I want, how much do I need to retire and be able to do X, Y, and Z? And how do I get there with that? We, I started, my husband and I started planning our retirement fairly late, I think, because we were almost 40 when we started planning what we wanted to do when we reached 65 or whatever. And um, then whenever I was about 30 years into state government, I started thinking, well, what do I want to do? Because... You know, in about three to five years, I'm going to be getting out, and I don't want to just fade away. Sit on that rock, sit front on that porch and rock away, rock away. And <clears throat> I started, I literally started making lists. Project managers are really bad about making lists. <laughs> and I started making a list of the things that I wanted to do, the things that I was interested in. I was interested in art. I wanted to take that back up because I kind of let it languish. I have a degree in uh, voice performance and music. I wanted to get back into that. Hmm. And I had been teaching classes off and on all through my career because I had started out looking in the medical field, was going to become a surgeon, and there were things that happened in my life that had a pretty big impact on that. But I was already pretty much into the health field, so I wanted to carry on with that, which is partly why I was teaching advanced life support at the different colleges. 
and I wanted to go back to that. I had somebody approach me with tax aid because I work with numbers. As a project manager, you got budgets. I had a lot of numbers and statistical experience. And I thought, hmm, well, that could be interesting. And uh, so it got added to my list. And so whenever I started thinking about what I was going to do when I retired, I went to my list and I said, mm -hmm. okay, this is what I want to do. Now, how do I go about accomplishing that? And that's when I started reaching out to the different agencies. And I still remain active with the, the local PMI chapter. So I teach classes there for them. And uh, I had actually Bainbridge State College reached out to me asking if I would teach a project management class up there, which is why I started teaching that. Although I teach life support at FAMU and FSU. So. Interesting. It's interesting to me that you just said that some things you went looking for and some found you yeah. because somebody would say, hey, we need help with this. Take a look at it. So that would imply we have to be somewhat open and listen and attentive yeah. when things come our way, right? We do. You have to be, and don't shut something down because maybe it's not exactly what you had in mind, but then, you know, that may not be the final thing either, final True. product. But do you, do you have trouble saying no to projects you really don't want to spend your time and energy doing? Do you have difficulty saying, no, thank you, that's not for me? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess not because you're so busy. It's easy to say no, but, but I know a lot of people who have retired and they, they get caught up in volunteering, doing things that they really don't like doing, but they feel like they can't say no and they can't say, excuse me, it's time to step down. No, I mean, yes, I want to contribute. I want to be active. I want to be engaged. But at the same time, I recognize that I need downtime, too. You have to renew and regenerate yourself. So you have to take care of yourself. But part of taking care of yourself is also recognizing what's, what's available to you, what kind of opportunities there are. I just had a thought pop in my head. I think the title of this podcast is going to be Don't Sit on the Front Porch and Rock Your Life Away. <laughs> I love that line. That is, that's a great line. Anything you want to share in our final uh, three or four minutes to our, our audience? Carbonch, anything you want to share? Embrace life. Don't, don't let it, don't waste it. Your time is precious. And use it the way that makes you happy, but also can give value to those around you those that you care about and the community in general. So I used to say life's too short not to do what you want to do. Now I have a different view. Life's too long. Okay? Uh, I keep that heart-shaped pillow there to remind me of my heart surgery, July 10th, 2008. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me that any given moment my heart could stop. Your heart could stop sitting here. But the bigger reason is there is to remind me to have a heart big enough to challenge people and get them to think about some of the things we're talking about now. And that's why I love doing the podcast, because we get a lot of good information out there. Uh, I, had a, I had a lady call me yesterday. She said, I was just listening to your podcast. And it was awesome. It was a Dr. Kubiak. 
WQBA. <clears throat> and if just one person hears this and they benefit from it, it's worth the time. And more than one will hear it because people, are, they do tune in and listen to it. But I, I thank you so much for taking your time and sharing with us today. And I think we should do this again. So somewhere in the future, we'll pick another topic and or do an update. Well, thank you for inviting me. Thank you, Fran. Thank you so much. If you would like to know more about John Curry Services, you can request a complimentary information package by visiting johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Again, that is johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Or you can call his office at 850-562-3000. Again, that is 850-562-3000. John H. Curry, Chartered Life Underwriter, Charter Financial Consultant, Accredited Estate Planner, Master's in Science and Financial Services, Certified in Long-Term Care, Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. Securities, products, and services and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial Corporation is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities. Park Avenue Securities is a member of FINRA and SIPC. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this material, we are not undertaking to provide investment advice for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact one of our financial professionals for guidance and information specific to your individual situation. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, or employees do not provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Not affiliated with the Florida Retirement System. The Living Balance Sheet and the Living Balance Sheet logo are registered service marks of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Copyright 2005 through 2018. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities or Guardian and opinions stated are their own.